Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the worship team a hand. Great job. Great job. Independence Day. You know, we think of Independence Day, and obviously we understand that's the birthplace of our country. We, we know that July 4th was the day. Interesting statistics. I, I like looking up statistics. There's lots of fun things to research, and I'm going to cover just a couple of interesting things this morning. The nation's 4th of July hot dog contest became an annual tradition. How did it start? I want to know these things. Hot dogs are important. How are hot dogs important? Well, here's the story. Legend has it that four immigrants got into an argument over who was the most patriotic. To prove themselves, they ate as many hot dogs as they could handle because nothing says America like hot dogs, I guess. Um, the, get this, the state or the record holder of uh, the 2014 record holder of hot dogs, this guy has won the title eight times, Joey Chestnut. He holds the world record for eating 69 hot dogs. Yeah, that's wrong. I don't even understand that. Uh, another interesting statistic when were the fireworks first used to celebrate July 4th, 1777? Didn't know that. Um, how many people lived in the United States when the declaration was signed? 2.5 million. Isn't that interesting? At that time, there was only 2.5 million people in the entire country. The first signature on the Declaration of Independence was John Hancock. And if you notice, if you've ever seen the Declaration, Hancock's signature is way bigger than everybody else's. Another interesting stat that I don't have here, he was actually the first one to sign the Declaration, and he signed it on July the 2nd. It was two days later that it was ratified by Congress, but he wrote it first. And the story says the reason he wrote it so big is uh, he wanted King George, to, King George to be able to read his name without glasses. <laughs> the average age of the signers of the Declaration of Independence was 45 years old. The youngest was 27. His name was Thomas Lynch Jr. The oldest was Benjamin Franklin, and he was age 70. Interesting, when you study the history of America, and, and for those of you that have or know about it, there's really, historically, as far as I know, there's only two countries that have ever been founded on God's principles from their inception. The first was Israel. The second was the United States of America. Founded on the very principles of Christianity and godliness. And one of the reasons that we see the challenges that we do today in our country is there's this... this um, Plot, if you call it that, to separate God from America. And it's a problem. It's a real problem because if you've ever taken two pieces of paper and glued them together and let them sit for any amount of time, when you pull them apart, what's going to happen? It's a mess because they're on both sides. And, and, and so when, when you see this separation that's going on in our country where we try to take God out of everything, it's a mess, and, and it destroys things. And, and there's this culture that's going on right now in America, and you don't have to look far to see it, where there are people that are saying, well, people died for our freedom, and we're independent, and therefore, since I'm independent, I can do whatever I want to. 
That's really what's going on. I, I have freedoms. I can do whatever it is that I want to do, which means I can do whatever I want to do. And there's this extreme swing to the other side of the equation that says, I want to be independent of everything and everybody. And the problem is, that's not why we're set free. We're not set free to do whatever we want to do. We're set free to do the right thing. Because, see, you need to understand this today. Right and wrong are not gray. Right and wrong are black and white, and they're very clear. And so what we have today is independence. And so we're going to do a little play on words today. We're going to talk about the word I-N, which is in, but we're going to separate it from dependence because we need to be not independent from God. We need to be in dependence on God. And that's really what I want to share with you guys just for a very few minutes. You know, it was interesting this week, as many of you know, I think I mentioned the other day, I was down in Texas. Just so you're aware, once a quarter I have to go down for school. And so I spent the week down in Texas uh, in class, and we picked up Kennedy Friday from AGS, and she's back until Wednesday. And so we were gone most of the week. And so usually I'm done on Tuesday with the sermon. I got done last night about 10 (laughs) o'clock. Sorry, Becky. Part of the reason of that is because of how busy I was with this week. The other side was trying to wrap my heart around and my mind around what God really wants to say to us. See, it'd be easy for me today to get up here and just throw out a bunch of statistics and we sing and, you know, go eat hot dogs and that's the end of it. But that's really not what it's about. It's really about life change. It's really about when we come together, we want God to move. Because I know every week there are people here that need to hear from God. And by the way, Sonny, the Lord spoke to me while I was over there praying. And he said, your only job right now is to do the next right thing. You don't need to worry about the rest of it. Amen? Just walk in that. He knows. Okay? He knows. That's what I want for you guys. I want God to speak to you. It's not about fancy words or singing and all the other great things we do as a church. I want you to have an encounter with God so that when you leave this place, you're no longer the same. You know that you've been in God's presence and he's spoken to you. So today, what I want us to really talk about is how we need to be in dependence on God. You know, the truth is, as mortal, fallible human beings, we put our trust in a whole lot of things. Uh, we, we put our trust in the doctor. When we go to the doctor, we trust that he has the right information for us, don't we? You know, we, when we go get on an airplane, how many of you have ever flown on an airplane? How many of you were really concerned when you got on that the pilot knew what he was doing? <laughs> it's about half of you, that's good. But, but the reality is we kind of walk through life and we don't necessarily um, distrust a lot of things. We trust most things. But, but I mean, some of you every month write a check to the insurance company and you trust that they're going to take care of you if there's an issue, if you run over a tomato, whatever, you know, you, you know, they're taking care of stuff. And, and so there's this trust out there that we have. But when it comes to our relationship with God, and Trisha, you were right on, when it comes to our relationship with God, a lot of times we don't trust him. And I've learned this in my own life. There are certain areas in my life where I depend or trust on God, but there are other areas in my life that I don't so much want to trust Him. Like, it's easy for me to trust Him with some things, but there are some things that I feel like I need to hold on to. And I would say, probably for most of us, there are areas in your life that you really don't trust God. And that's hard for you to admit. Trust him in some things, but not in other things. We depend on a lot of different things. We depend on the government. We depend on our local government officials. We depend on different things. But the most important relationship in our life 
usually comes with a clause. We don't always trust God with everything. How many of you would say that you have control issues? Come on, be honest, raise your hands. Yeah, we like to be in control, don't we? We like to be in control. That whole Jesus take the wheel song, most of you can't sing it. You're like, no, I got this. (laughs) Right? And the fact is it's not that way. The interesting thing to me about freedom, the freedom that has been paid for uh, for us, and then about all the rights that everybody wants to have. I mean, have you ever been around somebody that said, I have the right to speak? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Police officers? <laughs> I have the right to speak. The other thing is you have the right to shut your pie hole too, and just because you can speak doesn't mean you should. Thank you very much. You have the right to speak But sometimes people won't know how ignorant you are if you don't say anything. You know what I'm talking about? But so many people in our world say, well, I have the right to do this, or I have the right to do that. I have right, right, right. But we've taken it so far that now we've messed our lives up, and we think that we have the right to do whatever we want to do. And the problem is, is that leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says this. Watch this. This is awesome. For freedom, that's what today, tomorrow's all about, right? Freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Jesus died to set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus died to set you free. And what Paul says, and I referred to this last week, he says, now that you're free, don't go back into slavery. You're free, don't go back. And that lets me know that as an individual, you get to decide whether you're going to stay free or not. And as a country, we get to decide whether we're going to stay free or not. And if you look at the rights and and all the different things that are going on in our country right now, it's scary how much freedom we're giving away or how much freedom is being taken from us. And trust me today, I'm not here to slam the government. It's people that are doing it. It's our friends, it's our neighbors, and sometimes it's us. I read something this week that really bothered me, so I'm going to share it with you. Um... There was a guy named Alexander Fraser Titler, T-Y-T-L-E-R, who lived at the end of the 18th century, 1700s. He was a Scottish man. He was a professor, a historian, a judge, and a writer. The university he worked at, he was the professor of history of Greek and Roman antiquities. He studied history. Now, he's in the 1700s, about the time our country was birthed. He's teaching Roman and Greek history. He wrote this, and this is fascinating. And I want to read this to you today. He, he wrote a book called The Decline and Fall of the Athenian Republic. And if you remember, our country is founded on the principles okay, of Greece and Rome, right? The Republic. Here's what he found out. Quote, a democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters discover that they can vote themselves largesse, which means money. In other words, a democracy can't exist long term because what happens is the people realize, hey, I can vote myself a raise whenever I want to. He wrote this in the 1700s. From that moment on, when the people realized that, 
The majority of the people always vote for candidates that promise them the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result that a democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy, and it is always followed by, watch this, a dictatorship. Does that bother you? It should bother you. And it wasn't like this guy wrote this yesterday. He wrote this back in the 1780s or 1790s. What a warning here. Watch this. He said, The average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been 200 years. These nations have progressed through the following sequence, and I'm going to go through this sequence with you. From bondage to spiritual faith. They go from bondage to faith. From spiritual faith to great courage. From courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to... To selfishness, from selfishness to apathy, from apathy to dependence, and from dependence back into bondage. I would argue that we are in the last two or three of those statements. Now, when I read this, ladies and gentlemen, It struck me to the core of who I am because I recognize what's going on in our country directly correlates to what this gentleman, and remember, he's in the 1700s, he's studying history from before that, and he's looking at all the great empires in history, the democracies in particular, and he looked at this, and he was looking at history and said, this is just what happened. Our country was just barely born. But could this not have been written today? About what's going on? But here's the good news. How many of you are very upset right now? Raise your hand. Some of you are so upset you can't hardly even think. You go, why did I come to church today? Here's why you came to church today. There's good news. There is good news. There is good news. And I'm going to read the answer to the problem. And here's the, uh, the best part about today is the good news resides in you if you're a Christian. The solution to the problem is sitting in this room right now. Amen? Watch this. This is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. Thus says the Lord. What is it? When you ever hear something say, thus says the Lord, should you pay attention? Yes. yes. All right. So we're going to do that. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his strength, and turns away from the Lord. Okay? He is like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. How many of you would say right now you don't want to be that person? How many of you would say you've been that person? Yeah. Watch this. Some of you have heard this before. Verse 7. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Watch this. That person is like a tree that is planted by water. 
that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. An interesting comment here, side note. That word, he, is like a tree that is planted by water. The actual presentation of that word, the actual descriptor of that word is transplanted. You're like a tree that is transplanted by water. So as a child of God, when we learn to trust the Lord, but notice it says not only trust the Lord, but trust in the Lord. And what Trisha was talking about where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Spirit of God is everywhere, but not everybody is tapping into Him. Not everybody, I mean, he's available, but not all of us are tapping into him. I heard a really cool story uh, about some folks down south. A hurricane had come through and destroyed their neighborhood. How many of you lived through the ice storm? Let me see that you're here. You lived through the ice storm. How many of you were out without power for a week? Two weeks. Both hands right there. Three weeks. Anybody else? So two weeks. All right, two to three weeks. All right, having no power is what? No fun. Thank you, Christy. That's exactly the answer I was looking for. Having no power is no fun. Hurricane blows through this area, and I think it was in Florida, but it blows through the area, wipes out everybody in the neighborhood except one house, and amazingly, this one house still had power. Nobody else had power, but for whatever reason, their house had power. So here's what they did. These people actually took um, extension cords from themselves and I guess their neighbors and they began to just plug into every outlet in the house and run cords out and they were dropping cords over the fence for their neighbors and they put signs out that said, we have power, come and get some. And I thought about, when I heard that story, I thought that is what our country is looking for. In a time of great darkness, in a time where people are shriveling to death, they're looking for truth, they want to do whatever it is they want to do, but it never satisfies them. There are those of us that carry the light of Christ, and we're just like that house. There's power here. But let me tell you something. You have two options whenever things like that happen. You can drop your shades down and keep it all to yourself, or you can give it away. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Who takes a light and puts it underneath a bushel and hides it? He says, shine. The answer to the problem in our country and what we are dealing with, folks, is here. And it's the light of Christ in you. But here's the thing. It requires you to do something. You have to choose to allow God to use you. You have to do like those people in the house, and you got to start running your extension cord out and say, you need power? Let me show you who has power. God has power, and he can change things in your life. And it's truth. It is absolute truth. Because here's the deal. The world's over here living in the desert, but God says, when you come to me, I'm going to transplant you from your situation. I'm going to move you over here and plant you by the river, and you're going to bloom year-round. Your leaves are never going to go bad. But it's not just for you. It's for all those people around you. See, I get that. I get it. 
God doesn't bless you just for yourself. He wants to bless you for yourself, but he blesses you so your gift is used by other people. God wants to bless you so other people receive what you have. And listen to me, every person in this room has been gifted by God. God has poured out his blessing in your life, and he wants you to use that for his kingdom and to bless other people. You understand? It's not just for you. It's for other people. So here's the thing. I have three small points, and then we're going to be done. How do we get out of this mess? How do we? This was the question I asked myself. If we're down here to the second or third block, we're right before dictatorship, folks. And just so you think it can't happen, that's what Germany thought. It can happen. It was only 240 years ago that our forefathers broke away. The reason they wrote the Declaration of Independence was to get away from that. But if we don't stand up and change things, and let me just explain this to you today. I love guns. I love military stuff. That doesn't change anybody's heart. Only Jesus does. Only God's love changes people's hearts, and I understand that. It's only the power and the love of God that changes hearts. Do you understand me? So the answer begins with me and you. See, it's easy for us to sit back and complain against the government, the government, the government. But here's the deal. You are the government. (laughs) It's a government by the people and for the people. And the church of Jesus Christ, and by the way, I didn't plan on talking about this, so this is kind of cool. The church of Jesus Christ is supposed to stand up and do something. So FYI, you need to vote. And don't gripe and not vote. You hear me? I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but you need to vote, okay? So the answer begins with us, and here's the, here's the deal. The, first, we must recognize where we are individually. The only way change begins to come in any situation is when we first look at our own life. We have to look inside first. It's so easy for me to look at Lauren and go, Lauren needs to do this, this, and this, but how often do I look at myself? Change begins. Everybody do that. Everybody hold your finger up. Change begins right here. Don't point at me. Yeah, that's you. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Everybody's going, yeah, that was easy. (laughs) Change begins with you. Change begins with you. The first thing that we have to do is recognize there's a problem. And then begin to address that problem in our own life. Secondly, number two, we must repent. When you realize there's brokenness there, when you realize that there's sin in your life, you need to repent, which means you need to turn away from that. You need to move away from that. It's not enough to recognize you're broken. You have to repent from it. You guys understand me? Yeah, I'm broken. Y'all deal with it. Anybody know anybody like that? No, we have to deal with it. We must repent, we must turn, stop, and we must come home to God. I love this quote. It says, when you find yourself in a hole, stop digging. Here's the third point. This is how we get back on track. Trust in the Lord, break the cycle, reset, and reboot. And let me give you a biblical example of where this happened, and then I'm going to share a scripture with you. You remember a few weeks ago when we talked about Jonah? 
Jonah was being sent to a wicked, evil, godless nation. And God said, go tell them if they don't turn around, I'm going to destroy them. Jonah's like, I don't want to destroy them. (laughs) Ended up going because he got eaten by a big, huge bass. And we know the rest of the story, right? (laughs) Check this out, though. Godless, heathen nation. They heard the word of God, and as a nation, they repented, and God relented from destroying them. A godless, heathen nation. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, who are called by my name, watch this, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Watch this. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The only hope for our country is Jesus. And that's not just a billboard. It's the truth. But I want you to understand today, and this is my charge to you, is that you need to be that. You need to be that house in the neighborhood that everybody needs power from. You need to be the one that when people are looking for answers, it is so resident in you, people know that it's there. You need to be giving out the love and the power of Jesus. And here's the good news. That power doesn't have to be emanated from you. It just comes through you. You just have to make yourself available. So this is my charge to us on this Independence Weekend is that we need to individually declare our dependence on God and then we need to be the people that shows people who Jesus is. And it's by the way you live and what you do. That's how our country is going to turn around. And I'm going to say this, and I'm so glad I don't have to be political because I don't have to be political. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It matters what we do. Because God said, if my people, he doesn't say if my president, we are the people. And if we will turn around, it will change our area, and then that will change our county, and that will change the state, and then that can have an impact on the rest of the country. But it comes from us. So, so those of you that are sitting around going, oh, we're going to die tomorrow, stop it. Please. And get on your face and Pray. Okay? Seek God because he's given us the solution. He's saying, look, if my people will do this, I'll do this. That doesn't mean it's a foregone conclusion. That means there's an opportunity. And if God would save Nineveh, he certainly cares about the United States. And I believe the reason he has been so patient with us is because he loves this country that uniquely was founded on his principles. And he's fighting to keep us, but we've got a part to play. We have to do our part. So the first thing you need to do is examine your own heart. In other words, am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? Because you're one or the other. You hear me? Boy, that was, thank you, Ricky. That was bold, wasn't it? Right? Jesus said, I would rather you be hot or cold. But if you're on, a fin- on the fence, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Right? We don't want to be that. Be hot or cold. 
It's the word of God, folks. Amen? So choose and then pray. You can pray. How many of you know how to pray? You know what prayer is? I've had y'all raising your hands a lot today. It's like going to a jazzercise class, isn't it? Woo! Feel good. Went to church, lost five pounds. Ha! It's awesome. Right? But here's, I don't know. Sorry, Clint. I don't know. Uh, sorry. It just happens. It just happens. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. You know what prayer is, folks? It's not saying all the right things. It's just talking to God. And Jesus said, or God said, I'm sorry, he said, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. God says to us in his word, he says, come, let us reason. And that is so, that has so been big in me lately. God is saying to you, come on, I just want to talk. He's just saying, Wardell, come on, come sit down with me. And just to make you feel better about yourself, I live 200 yards from the Spring River and I got all kinds of places to go pray and there are very few times that I go out there and make myself sit down and listen to God and I ought to be horsewhipped for that. So if I'm guilty, what about the rest of us? And I'm repenting of that because the best thing I can do as your pastor is hear from God and the best thing that you can do for your business and your family is hear from God. So let's stop complaining and let's start drawing close to God. Colbert, right? Y'all tell me when I get off here, but I'm not. Okay, that's the other part, right? Sorry, Carol, I don't even know. Do you understand, though? It's on us, guys. Jesus paid it all. But if we don't receive it, let's make a decision. I was thinking about this last night. What if we could be the generation that says it stops now? And if we look at our forefathers, what if in World War II all of our forefathers had said, I ain't going? We'd all be speaking German and Japanese. Right? What if the soldiers that were out right now said, I don't want to fight ISIS anymore? They'd be here. Some of them already are. But there's more of us than them. We just have to stand up. So what I'm saying is this. Make a decision. No more complaints. Pray and do and shine and be and be the hands and feet of the Jesus to the community. And let's take our communities back for God and point people to Jesus because that's what they need. And it starts with you. Amen. This isn't preaching, this is just, but let's do it. Let's do it. Nike, just do it. Amen? All right, I don't know how to do an altar call on country renovation, so. Um, <laughs> but what I am going to say is this. I love you guys, and, and it was awesome to be able to come back home. But here's what I want you to do over the next couple of days, Pray. We're going to pray for our country here in a second, right? And we're just going to pray. And, and let's do what God said. He said, humble ourselves and pray. We have to realize we have to be dependent on him, not independent from him. He says, seek my face. 
We need to intentionally, that's not a one-time deal. That's not come visit and go away. He's saying, seek my face, choose to draw close to me. And then he says this, turn from our wicked ways. That means let's be somebody different. Jesus has paid for all this. Let's be that. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now for this amazing country that we call America. Father, I thank you that you chose each one of us to either be here and be born here or some of us have moved here. But Father, we thank you that you allowed us to live in the land of the free because of the brave. Because our forefathers and foremothers and all those that have gone before us were willing to pay the price so that we could be free. And Jesus, you paid the ultimate price for us to be free. But you didn't die so that we could go do whatever we wanted to do. Paul said, don't use your your freedom to go back into sin. You're free. Stay free. Live free. And the way we do that is by choosing to follow you. So, Father, I just pray right now. I hope everyone in our hearts this morning, we mourn for our country, but it's not over. You have put eternity into our hearts. You've put the light of Jesus into our lives. The Holy Spirit resides in us. The very power and presence of you is in us. Father, let us let our light shine. Let us choose to shine for you. Father, right now as a group, we humble ourselves before you and we recognize our dependence on you. Apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. You are our very next breath. So, Father, today we choose to to reconcile and realize that, that we are dependent on you today. Father, we humble ourselves before you. Father, we choose to seek your face by the very fact that we're here today. Lord, we have chosen to be here, to seek your face. And Father, we choose to repent. And those of you that are here today, maybe you walked in with some sin in your life. There are some areas in your life where you know you're walking in rebellion against God. I'm not here to condemn you. You know that's not why I'm here. And I don't want to be that, but I am going to tell you the truth. If you're walking in disobedience, God cannot bless you. And if, you have, or if you're walking with sin in your life, you need to get that right. You can only give people what you have. What are you giving them? If you're here today and, and there's sin and you just want to get that right just as an act of your will, you just want to lay that down at the foot of the cross, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. I see your hands. That's awesome. Honesty right now. People raising your hand. I see your hands. I believe that as you've lifted your hands today and you've, say, you've just said, God, here, here's my sin. His blood is enough to cover that. So in obedience, as you've repented of that, now you turn away from it. Now you turn away from that. And Holy Spirit, that's what you do in our lives. So, Father, you also told us to pray. You also told us to pray. So, Father, we choose today to come before you. We ask you, Lord, as your people, as your children, touch this great nation. 
this nation that was founded on your principles. Father, we, we declare our dependence on you today. Father, we ask you to do miracles in each of our lives. Lord, we ask you to do miracles in our community. Lord, turn us around. Father, you said that if we would turn around, you would meet us. You would heal our land. You would forgive our sins. So, Father, we're asking you to do that today. Heal us, Father, and we'll give you the glory. It's not us. It's you. We ask you to do that today, Lord, in the the precious name of your Son, Jesus, who died for us and rose again. Amen. Amen. Folks, that's the answer. That's the answer. Some of you that have been sitting on the sidelines need to quit watching and start doing. We don't need any sideline coaches. We need players. We need players in our church. We need workers in the nursery. We need folks helping with different stuff. You need to stop watching and start doing. In our community, you need to get involved. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Amen? Let's all stand this morning. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask the weatherman how things are looking. Father, we thank you for this time that we can come together. Lord, we, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Father, we believe that we know that you will honor your word. So, Father, as we choose to draw close to you, we pray for a revival in our land that begins in our hearts. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Marty, before y'all leave, hold on. Well, the good news is that it's really cloudy and overcast, so it's not as hot. <laughs> That's the good news. That's the good news. It does, well, I don't know. It, it, it's going to rain. It appears the, squ- the squall line has lessened in intensity. But uh, it is going to rain within the next two or three hours. Okay. Uh, it looks like it's just rain. There's no lightning in it. There's no strong winds in it. But it is going to rain, hopefully, at my house. <laughs> it hasn't rained forever at my house. Like how much time do you think we have? Oh, 2 o'clock. Uh. 2 o'clock. It's, it's going to rain from 2 to 3.30, hour, hour and a half. It's going to rain an hour, an hour, 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 hour and a half. All right. It, well, it's actually it's actually lessening in intensity rather than building. So it's just going to rain. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, guys. In the view of, I know some of you won't come because that might happen. Let's do this. I'd rather reschedule and do this right. Okay. And and I know Ronnie and Christy have prepared everything down there and and uh, appreciate. Let's give them a hand for all their work getting all that ready. They are always so gracious to, to let us use their river light. All right, so here's what we'll do. I would rather err on the side of caution, okay? So here's what we'll do. Um, those of you that want to get baptized or plan on getting baptized today, come down here and see me. And we're going to make another plan real quick. Uh, the rest of you, I want you to enjoy your fourth um, and, and have a good time and be safe. And then we will reschedule time to go to the river, okay? All right, love you guys. Uh, Give somebody a handshake or hug this morning. Y'all have a great day, and uh, we'll see you soon. If you want to be baptized, come see me.